This is the Careers in Review podcast. We'll show you how to navigate the job market and career space like a pro. Starting now, here is your host, Ediana Rosen. Hello, career reviewers, and welcome to the show. Today, I have an amazing guest here with me, and I know that you're probably saying, Ediana, you're always saying that you have an amazing guest, but it's true. I only bring the best of the best to the show because I handpicked each and every one of them. I have Sarina Sang here with me. She is a talent attraction and engagement specialist with a background in university recruiting. As a content creator on LinkedIn, she has empowered hundreds of young professionals and students to find their voices on LinkedIn, as well as unlock the power of LinkedIn to break into their dream jobs. Serena, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to chat about one of my favorite platforms, which is LinkedIn, how to unlock the power of it, how to use it. But most importantly, one of the main reasons why I wanted you to be on the show is because obviously the main audience that you like to talk to are students and young professionals. And we are very close to graduation day. So please let us know how our new recent grads can unlock the potential of LinkedIn to get their new jobs. But Before we get there, please let us know a little bit about you and your career story. Sure. So my career story, I guess I can start somewhere in high school. So growing up, I always wanted to be an elementary school teacher, but my plan kind of went awry because I tried out that path and did an internship for a third grade teacher while I was a senior in high school. And I realized "Mm, I'm a little bit too introverted for that, but it was a great experience nonetheless. And I'm really glad that I did that internship because if I hadn't done that, then I might have majored in elementary school education all throughout college and then gotten into the real world and then realized, no, I don't like this. So that's why I think it's so important to have those short-term experiences where you get to try out different things. And I'm really grateful that I got that opportunity to do that. So I went to college, majored in psychology and sociology because those topics were really interesting to me. From there, I thought about going into academia because that's what a lot of people in psychology do. It was something that I tried again, and I was in a couple of research labs. I even did a senior thesis, but I didn't really like the whole publish or perish kind of culture. And if you're someone who is in academia, you know what I'm talking about. So I wanted to do something a little bit more hands-on. I decided to go the corporate route. I did a couple of internships in human resources and really enjoyed that. And then when I was applying to jobs outside of college, I realized, okay, it's going to be very difficult to break into HR as a generalist. So let me figure out which part of HR I liked. And I thought back on my previous internships and remembered that I enjoyed recruiting. So my first job out of college was as a university recruiter, which meant that I was recruiting interns. And it was a really fun job. I loved working with young talent, especially people who were around the same age as me because I could relate to them and also speak to the difficulties and the struggles that they were going to. And then... I had another job after that in university recruiting. I got laid off because it was a tech company. And then most recently, I am in my role as a talent engagement or talent attraction and engagement specialist. So that's a bit of 
marketing, but also recruiting. It's basically the marketing arm of the recruiting team. Awesome. So why don't you tell us a little bit about like, what does that entail? Because I think that that's one of the least spoken roles within the recruiting org that people might be a little bit more interested to learning about. Sure. So personally, I've always had a passion for HR, but then also marketing. I never majored in marketing, but if I had to go back, I might've majored in it or gotten some sort of like business degree. When I learned about this role, it was actually because there were people who worked in employer branding at my first job and I was able to talk to them and get a feel for their position. And so I always had it in the back of my mind and it's something that I was considering. And then the next company I worked at, there was also someone who worked in an employer branding I was actually able to get my current job through that person who worked in employer branding, which is pretty cool. But essentially, employer branding, it has a lot of different names that it goes under. So some people call it employer branding. That's the most common one. Some people call it talent attraction. I think that's a more progressive term for it. And then some people call it recruitment marketing. So essentially what it does is... Its role is to attract candidates to apply for the company. You know, recruiters, they're always on the phone. They are sourcing for candidates. But candidates, they need to know about the company. And they need to know about the story of a company in order to even be persuaded to apply for it. So it's really about putting the mission of the company out there, letting them know, you know, what is the value for working at this company and what the company does. And really just getting our stories into the hands of candidates. That way they are convinced to apply for the company. Wow. That's really interesting because like, I know that even bigger companies have departments like this, like employee branding, and you wouldn't think that big names would need such departments because like, oh, you know, our names will do the trick. But it's very interesting that you're mentioning just what exactly this department does because people just have a very limited understanding, especially if they're not in the field of what recruiting can actually do. And it's not just finding and hiring candidates, but just by hearing from you on the marketing side, I think it could be a really interesting side of recruiting that people could potentially go into. Yeah, it's definitely one of those fields that are related to recruiting that is a lot easier to transition into if you are a recruiter. And sometimes it doesn't even sit on the recruiting team. Sometimes it sits on the marketing team, which is interesting. Very interesting. And I think it's even more timely to talk about right now, specifically with this market, right? With a lot of recruiters losing, unfortunately, their jobs, specifically in the tech space. I know that it's kind of bleeding a little bit into other areas outside of tech. And so I think it's interesting to see how people can potentially pivot into other areas that are not just so much unrelated to recruiting, Because again, I think it would be an easier pivot for people and not just completely forget or leave aside things that they really love, like engaging with the talent, because essentially you most likely will be engaging with the talent or or am I wrong on that? Yeah, in some ways I am. So I'm not the person necessarily who's having that direct voice-to-voice contact with the candidates. But for example, if I post on social media on our LinkedIn company page and candidates see that, then you know, I was a person behind that. And so I guess that kind of counts as an interaction. Of course. And that takes us to a great segue into LinkedIn, right? 
part of your bio is just how amazing work you've done through LinkedIn and other social media platforms into getting young professionals and students to learn a little bit more about LinkedIn and how to utilize it to their advantage to become more of a passive candidate as opposed to a reactive candidate into being there for recruiters to be found. So can you talk to us a little bit more about what you mean when you say teaching these people how to utilize the voices on LinkedIn and don't lack the power of LinkedIn to break into their dream roles? Sure. So I think there's definitely a stigma around what LinkedIn is and what its purpose is. So even students think that LinkedIn is not a social media site. They think that LinkedIn is just for buttoned up professionals to post on. It's only a place where CEOs can post on because they have the experience and the knowledge of what they're talking about. But I think LinkedIn is definitely becoming more, not just a professional networking site, but social media because there is so much organic content being put out there. People are talking about their personal lives outside of work on LinkedIn And it's starting to become more of that, you know, vulnerable environment that's more relatable to real life. So that's the first thing I have to break down for people is that LinkedIn is not just this place where you have to be super polished and super professional. It's a place that you can get to know people and reach out to people. Sure, you can apply to jobs. Sure, you can get lots of opportunities. But at the same time, you can also share your story. Absolutely. And how do you think are the best ways that people can do that, sharing their stories? You know, before we hit record, we were just talking about how vulnerable we can feel to talk about our stories on a place like LinkedIn, where you feel so exposed. What are some tips you can give us, especially for new grads who are getting into the working space and getting their feet wet when it comes to the LinkedIn platform? What are your top tips when it comes to starting on that platform? Yeah, so... LinkedIn definitely rewards content of people who are being vulnerable and real. It's really interesting because I think when people check LinkedIn, they don't just want to see job announcements posts. They want to see things that are entertaining, inspiring, relatable. They want to see real humans too. So when someone is starting out on LinkedIn, I would encourage them to think about their personal identities and how they can express those on LinkedIn. So, you know, what are you really proud of yourself for being? For some people, they are a first-generation college student. For some people, they are a minority. Some people are introverted. Some people are a combination of all of those three. Maybe you come from a low-income background. Maybe you're an undocumented immigrant. There's so many cool facets that make you who you are. And there are so many people just lurking on LinkedIn, reading content, that want to see you show up as who you are because they can relate to you. So I encourage people to just think about their unique stories because nobody can argue with your story. Like your story is not going to be controversial. Your story is your truth. And that's what you should put out on LinkedIn. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting you bring that topic of controversial because social media can be an interesting place. I mean, it's the internet, right? So whatever you put out there is subject to criticism. So especially for new folks, what are some recommendations that you can give, especially because people are utilizing LinkedIn specifically for the purpose of networking and finding a community? And, you know, if they do decide to start posting content, you and I both use LinkedIn for creating content. And for the majority of the time, we find a lot of support in really good positive communities. 
But for people who are brand new to creating content on LinkedIn or other social media platforms, what would you say to those that might find controversies or, you know, not such positive comments? I I just want to make sure that, you know, new grads don't feel like stumped when they come to that and don't find support. and, And I don't want them to get discouraged. Yeah, that's a great point. The thing about LinkedIn is it's so easy for a post to go viral and it's so easy for strangers to see your posts that it can be really scary to post on LinkedIn. I mean, there's literally like Instagram and Reddit threads like bashing people who write on LinkedIn. But like seriously, like I really care about those. I mean, those people have the time to post hate comments about you. I mean, those aren't the people you should be listening to. You should be speaking to an audience that wants to be inspired by you. There's so many benefits of writing on LinkedIn too that I feel like is a whole different conversation. But for someone who is scared of posting on LinkedIn because of potential hate comments or, you know, just people who are going to troll them in general, you know, obviously there's the easiest solutions like blocking them. But at the same time, a lot of good messages are the ones that are controversial. Um, They're the ones that people like to debate about and are the ones that are worth discussing. So, you know, I would just try not to let that get too much in your head because, you know, as they say, like every successful person has experienced hate in some way and you might be a little bit too, your content might be too middle of the road if you aren't getting any hate comments at all. So if anything, like use that to fuel your own desire to put yourself out there on LinkedIn because that's going to get you far in the long term. Agreed. So we have covered so far utilizing LinkedIn to unlock your potential to write content and make sure that you're finding your own identifiable or unique abilities, share your story to be able to connect with people and potentially find recruiters. Something else I wanted to chat about was upskilling. So first of all, congratulations on being featured by LinkedIn News. That's an amazing, (laughs) amazing accolade. And I know that you chatted about upskilling as one of the main things that you talk to people about. So why don't you tell us what upskilling is and why do you think that that's important in today's market? Mm -hmm. So upskilling is basically just gaining new skills, right? Whether that's in your field or in other fields. So, you know, the reason why that's so important is because you don't want to stay stagnant in your career. You want to continue to learn and to grow and you want to be adaptable to the market as well. So the more skills that you acquire, the more um, desirable you are in the eyes of other companies and the more that you can pivot easily and the more that you can make new connections or to get you into new fields and new companies. So I think it's really important just to continue to find skills that interest you and then pursue those. Would you say that upskilling had something to do with your positive experience in pivoting from recruiting into this new role that you have? Yeah, 100%. If I hadn't upskilled, if I hadn't taken on stretch projects and other projects that I was interested in, then I probably wouldn't be where I am today. Most people I know are multifaceted. They have multiple interests. They double or triple majors in college. They're constantly thinking about other careers that they want to switch into. So even if you are at a particular job and you don't feel like you're being stretched in the way that you want to be, or you don't feel like this is the field that I want to stay in forever, there are ways to exercise different muscles that you have and to pick up on different skills, whether that's maybe just 
talking to people and figuring out what skills they need in their role or talking to your manager and seeing like, hey, can I do some more projects that are related to employer branding, even though I'm a recruiter? A lot of teams always have work to do or possibilities to collaborate with other departments. So it's really great to be able to have those under your belt. And then when it comes time to apply for a completely different role, you have those bullet points that you can put on your resume to show, hey, I've actually done some of these projects in this position I'm about to go into, even though I haven't had that title yet. Hey, career reviewer. I'm interrupting myself because I have something super exciting for you. I want to give you a free resume review. This usually go for $387. You can check out the link to book a regular call on the show notes. This offer is exclusive to my podcast listeners, and I do these reviews on IG and TikTok lives every week. All you have to do is leave an Apple or Spotify podcast review, take a screenshot of that, and send it over to careersinreview at gmail.com. That email is careersinreview at gmail.com. In that email, you're going to go ahead and attach that resume that you want me to review. Be sure to remove any personal identifiable information and give you permission to review that on a live. And I will give you all the personalized tips on how to make that resume better so that you can apply for the job you want. If you can make the live on the scheduled time, do not worry because I'm going to go ahead and send you the replay. Now, back to the show. And in the beginning of the conversation as well, when you told us that you pivoted into this role, you mentioned that you had a connection that made you aware of this position and let you know. Can you let us into that a little bit more, give us more context into what happened there and what I'm trying to get at into like the networking piece of how important that might be for new graduates? Because I feel like a lot of people preach networking, networking, but like they don't really get into how it works, how to maintain it how to turn it into a positive relationship where you're not just taking away from the person, but you're making it a mutual relationship that's essentially positive for both parties. Yeah. And it's tricky because as you mentioned, everybody talks about networking and people assume that the best way to network is to reach out to a cold contact on LinkedIn and ask for a referral. But networking can simply be like having friends in your network and having friends who are maybe former colleagues or people that you went to high school with even who are working in the role that you want to. So it's really just about trying to expand your community and form those connections with various people across the board. So the way that I got my current job was that at my previous company, there was someone that I worked with who worked in talent attraction. And so when I got laid off, she was already at a different company. And so I reached out to her just asking for advice on whether talent attraction would be a good field to pivot into and what she thought of it. And she was really encouraging because she knew that I had the skill set for it. And so she um, encouraged me to go in that direction. And then interestingly, it's not like she referred me to her company or anything like that. It was actually a different thing that happened, which was recruiter had been reaching out to her on LinkedIn. And then, you know, she wasn't looking for a job at the time. So she passed that recruiter on to me, which is a really cool way of being able to get an interview. And so I went through the process, applied, phone screen, a few interviews, and then got the position. Wow. I love that story, Serena. And actually, 
it's one of my favorite stories to listen to because it's what I want people to hear, reciprocity, right? It is so important because like for me, I'm very happy in the job I have, not planning on leaving anytime soon unless I get pushed out. God forbid, that go good. And that's what, I, like, obviously I have people reaching out, you know, from other big companies as well. And the first thing I do is like, I, you know, thank you so much, appreciate it. But here's two to three people that I think you can talk to. They're in the market right now. I know for sure. Here are their contacts. They will be appreciative of you reaching out. And then immediately I give those people a heads up. Hey, be by your phone, be by your email. This person is about to reach out. And that comes back to you twofold. Like, it is so important. And that is just how you create a network, right? And I don't think that that friend of yours would have done that if she wouldn't have known who you were or like she couldn't have vouched for you or she couldn't have known your work ethic. And that's why it's so important to just invest in relationships in a way that's going to build these relationships in the future. And it's not just to think about them and like, oh, what can they do for me in the future? That's not how it works because sometimes you build friendships and relationships not knowing that this is going to happen. It's just a symptom of their relationship as it builds up. So I'm so happy to hear that that's what happened because I've also heard and seen a lot of posts on LinkedIn of people say like, hey, like this person just reached out to me. I'm not interested, but this is what I did. Just so that other people can realize that that's something that you have permission to do. And I am so happy to hear that that's what happened to you because look, like now you're in this role because of someone else's ability to put the dots together. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I feel really lucky that that all happened and the timing of it. And like you were talking about things come back to you. Like I feel like career karma is definitely a thing. I remember when I made an announcement post on LinkedIn telling people that I was laid off and that I was looking for new opportunities. There were a lot of recruiters that reached out to me and we had a phone screen, but then it didn't end up working out because I wasn't willing to relocate or I it was in a city um, that was like too far away. But I remember connecting a lot of people with those recruiters um, who were in those locations. And I don't know if any of them actually ended up working out, but it never hurts to try to connect those dots. And sometimes those dots will match. Right. And it's not on you to make them work out. I think the most that you can do is make the connection and the intro and then have that work out on their own. But I think I believe in karma and all those things, like whatever positive you do will be put out in the universe and things will come back to you in the way that they need to. And I think that, of course, your work ethic and all the work that you put into your career and upskilling and your LinkedIn announcement and everything else had everything to do with where you are today, but also you know, the positivity that you're putting out there and doing the work and really utilizing your network to do good has come back to help you in this opportunity for sure. But I also wanted to quickly, I know that this could be a whole podcast within its own, but if you can think of the top tips that you can give a new graduate who potentially is creating a brand new LinkedIn profile for themselves so that they can have those connections and attract recruiters, what would you tell them of what are the most important things that they most have on their profile to make sure that they're attracting the right people to it? Sure. So I would say try to fill out as much as your profile as you can. Like, don't think that there is such thing as putting too much on your profile because for the most part, being thorough is actually rewarded, especially if you put like a lot of keywords and bullet points in your experience section, that all is going to pop up in LinkedIn Recruiter, which recruiters are using in order to find candidates like you. So first of all, obviously your profile picture is really important. 
Um, You don't want to be perceived as a bot, but you want to be perceived as an active user of LinkedIn. So having a clean photo on LinkedIn is really important. And it can just be a professional picture or it can be like business casual, as long as it's not like too casual. But I feel like for the most part, people know what kind of pictures to put on LinkedIn. And then you're having a banner is definitely a bonus. But the most important parts I would say are your headline, your summary section, and your experience section, because those are the sections that recruiters see. Actually, I was just using LinkedIn Recruiter the other day, and you literally just see the name, you see a profile picture, you see the headline, which I didn't realize the headline was that important. It literally takes up it's like one of the first things that recruiters see, obviously, but then you only see like the titles of your experiences in the preview of LinkedIn Recruiter. So your headline is super important, like make sure to optimize it and say, for example, what university you go to, what you're majoring in, when you're graduating. And then you can also indicate if you're looking for an internship or a full-time role, and that'll just make it really easy for the recruiter to figure out if you're a match for a position. And then go ahead and put that same information in your about section, but make it a little bit more elaborated, put more detail in there, talk about your story, talk about what skills you currently have and what kind of position that you want. And also talk about what you've done in the past or in the present when it comes to your experiences. And then of course, the experience section, I tell people feel free to just copy and paste from your resume, you know, make it easy for yourself. It can be bullet points. You don't have to write out full sentences for your experience section. You can if you want, but it doesn't make a whole lot of a difference. So those are the really crucial parts of LinkedIn. The last thing I would say is don't be afraid to show your personality on LinkedIn. Personally, I think it's really frustrating when I see people that I know who have really bright personalities, like have the most boring LinkedIn profile. I'm like, what? This doesn't do you any justice at all. (laughs) So feel free to infuse color in it, put emojis in it if you want, share a little bit more about your story. Like don't be so like uptight with it. You know, you can definitely have a little bit of fun. I love that. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of those tips. I'm sure that a lot of our new graduates are going to be so grateful to be able to listen to this podcast and have a little bit of a checklist of what to do next, especially because it can be so overwhelming graduating from college and knowing what to do, what not to do, where to go, where to start. Serena, I do have a few rapid fire questions for you if you're up to it. Yeah, I love rapid fire. Perfect. Biggest pet peeve. In general? <laughs> Career related. <laughs> Career related. Okay. Um, like in a candidate? Uh, just in general, like, you know, LinkedIn or like whatever, like if you've seen something on content that you've like, oh, why do they always do this? Or like, yeah, p- probably candidates. So when I was a recruiter, my pet peeve was when you could clearly tell that the candidate was like driving in their car, which is, you know, totally valid if someone's super busy, but At the same time, like it shows me that you're making this interview a priority if you can find a quiet space to do the interview. And you really like owe it to yourself to be able to concentrate on the interview and do as well as possible. And like for me personally, when I'm doing interviews, I'm always taking notes and reading over my notes. So that's personally my pet peeve. I know that's a little controversial, but (laughs) that was mine. Well, here you had her, you know, pull over. Pull over, people, if you're taking a phone call for somebody and just make sure that you're 
first of all, don't put yourself in danger. Like, how are you having a conversation about a job? And like, try? I, I couldn't. I, I couldn't do those two things at once. I totally agree. If you wouldn't be doing this career today, what do you think that you would be doing? Oh, I think one of the things I would love to do is like maybe be an adjunct professor at a university and teach about careers um, or maybe be a public speaker of sort and teach people about all these things that we've been talking about, building a personal brand when it comes to the personal workspace or working your nine to five, but then also what do you do after that? Are there other streams of income that you can build and other ways to upskill outside of your job? So I would love to do something like that. I can see that. I totally see that for you. Your biggest motivator? My biggest motivator, I would say being able to reach my potential is my biggest motivator. Personally, as a minority, there are like, for example, some generational curses that I want to break and some generational blessings that I want to put into place. And so those are the things that make me want to be the better version of myself and want to make a better future for some of my kids. Um, I think everybody is on this earth with specific gifts and callings. And personally, my faith is really important to me as well. So, you know, everybody owes it to themselves to live up to their potential. Five years from now, what do you see yourself doing? That's always a really hard interview question. <laughs> I'm glad I don't get asked that in too many interviews. But gosh, like I wouldn't have even imagined myself in this position five years ago. So I have no idea what five years from now would look like. But what I do know is that one day I would love to be a manager, whether that happens in five years and 10 years. But I would love to teach other people and like empower younger folks to be able to thrive in the workplace. And I want to be that amazing manager that my um, employees talk about all the time. So that would be one of my dreams. Oh, that's amazing. If you could go back five years and talk to your younger self, what would you tell her? Um, I would tell her, like, don't worry your stress too much because you can trust in your work ethic. You can trust in God. You can trust in your community. Things will work out. You know, you don't really have to stress too much about the little things because they will work out. I love that. Oh, well, thank you so much for your amazing advice and nuggets about LinkedIn, personal branding, and the great thing of networking and how we actually got you here with your work ethic. Where can we find out more about you and where can we connect with you? Sure. So obviously LinkedIn, <laughs> you can just search up my name and feel free to let me know that you listened to this podcast and send me a connection request. Awesome. Well, you heard it here. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you, Serena, so much for coming to the podcast. I appreciate your time and all of your amazing advice. Thank you. It was awesome getting to finally speak with you. Likewise. From effective networking to landing job offers, this is the podcast for action takers ready to be the best they can be without any fear. This is the Careers in Review podcast. Make sure to never miss an episode of Careers in Review. Subscribe to our podcast newsletter. You will receive exclusive information about upcoming shows, transcripts, and information about our guests. For all resources mentioned, show notes, transcriptions, and more details regarding topics discussed in today's show, 
please visit the Careers in Review website, www.careersinreview.com slash podcast. You can also follow Careers in Review on all socials for more exclusive video content. Thank you for listening.